Good morning. Welcome back to Country Roads Confidential here at 247sports.com. I am Mike Casaza flying solo today. Not quite solo, but without my co-host, but with two special guests here today. No football game on Saturday. No reason not to talk about the program and one of the big wings that Mesa's bird fly from the beginning of the season all the way to the end. Two guys who they not only let you look through the keyhole, they open the door and let you see the football team in colors and images and ways you hadn't imagined before. Grant Dovey, Austin Gaines, two important people. Grant is now um, the director of digital media. Been here for a couple of years, been getting all that. Newly hired Austin Gaines, director of creative video. Gentlemen, I believe I have those titles correct, right? That is correct. Good. Got off on the right foot. Well, welcome in. Thank you very much for doing this. And I wanted to start with a, a broad question. And Austin, I'll lead off with you because uh, I think a lot of people probably know of you if they don't know you, but you have your creative fingerprints over a lot of digital space, social media, websites, things like that. Um, what do you do? Just straight up, what do I do? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's hard to narrow it down into one thing. It seems like you have a whole bunch of different hats you wear over there. It is. It's pretty difficult to say specifically that I really do one certain thing. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it is anything that you see that involves football, social media, I, I'm probably in that in some capacity, whether it's 1% or 100%. And then, Grant, you're, I don't know, director. That means ringleader, I guess. But let's focus this on football. What are the goals and the, the priorities and the tasks for you all there? Because it's a pretty expansive operation that you have, and there's so many things you could do, but I don't think you want to get too broadly spread. So where do you try to get your job done with yourself, but also your team? Really, the whole thing is kind of cyclical, I guess. Um, and it, it's really showing out the recruits and getting those kids interested in, in coming on visits and helping the, the coaches recruit in that aspect. Obviously, that leads to... Um, better recruits, better signees, um, which leads to success on the field, um, which helps with ticket sales uh, financially. And then it kind of all goes back to, to recruiting again. Um, so really, it's, it's opening up um, the program so people can see it and not just recruits, but also, you know, we have a lot of uh, constituents that, that we reach out to, whether it's season ticket holders or the casual fan or alumni who's not in the state of West Virginia right now, um, current students who aren't student athletes so we really have a broad group that we have to try and entertain on a daily basis how much can you do and what sort of rules or, or restrictions are there in place so where you're not doing too much you're not showing or sharing something that you shouldn't be yeah well it really is a team to team kind of thing in terms of the rules i mean when it comes to actual game day, the NCAA, along with uh, whoever is doing the broadcast of the game, there's there's specific rules you have to have to follow uh, during the week. You know, there's NCAA rules of recruiting and, and how how institutions go about uh, you know just trying to get kids to to come take interest in the school. But really, it's a team to team thing, and it really just falls back on the head coach and what the head coach's goals are. Um, you know, some teams have a head coach that that maybe isn't very savvy in terms of social media and just doesn't think that much of it. And I, that is going to show through uh, their external media. Uh, Neil here is extremely interested in video specifically. Uh, he very much values it. 
he sees it as a contributing factor to not only recruiting but to the goodwill of the team to in relation to the student population, the state, and the fans. Uh, so he he takes a pretty high interest in it, and you know just wants the best. And that's something I was really interested in when you know his name started popping up during the coaching search, and something I was excited about. I started looking for videos of him and I saw, you know, post-game access of, of Nebraska when they, when they won at Nebraska and post-game access of when they won at LSU. So I knew he was kind of going to be all in um, from that regard. And that was, that excited me. Grant, be honest. What did the pipe it up video do for you? Did that get you very excited? That did not get me very excited at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but definitely um, he's willing to try anything. You can, you can see that during that video. Um, but that's, that's what, makes him awesome um, and he gives Austin and, and anyone else and myself full access and, and really trusts us to put the program in a positive light. Yeah, let's dig into all that, but I want to circle back to your backgrounds because you guys have come together at an interesting time for the program, but also I would say both of your careers respectively, it, it merges at a fun time too. Grant, you've been around, no offense, but been around for quite some time. You and I have known each other since your undergraduate days, uh, 2011, if I have my notes right here. Um, Get yeah. your degree, and you stick around, but you've been climbing the ladder, sports information, then you get the digital media in one capacity, now you're there in another capacity. But that's because a position that maybe didn't exist before, not only exists now, but it's really broadened to incorporate so many things. How much has your world, your profession changed from you know when you got that bachelor's degree in journalism to now where like what you're doing is, it really is part of media right now? Yeah, I've always had an interest in the digital side of things, kind of design websites throughout high school and college and still do it sometimes on the on the side now um so always had that background didn't really have the video guy video background and i have to kind of give a shout out to my old ga when i first started as the digital media manager dj jamiel who was super talented and working for an agency in dc um when he left he was like hey you gotta you gotta get on the the creative video train you need to start buying some some good equipment and we did that under his advice, and we've kind of taken off since over the last, I'd say, four years, I guess. Um, it's been since he's been here. And since then, we've kind of really just tried to show inside programs um, and just really manage the creative responsibilities that we have, sport to sport. Everyone, you know, recruits different kids. Everyone has different needs. Um, so we really try and... Uh, cater to whatever each sport needs. Um, and also, you know, Johnny Antonic held this role for a long time and we were in a meeting one time and, and John made the comment that when he had a, a meeting, he just shut the door and talked to himself. Um, so <laughs> that really kind of just showed that this was just a growing space and it is continuing to grow in, in college athletics. A lot of new things that come into college athletics have to do with the digital side of things. Um, so it's really a little bit of an arms race right now um, throughout the nation on digital digital staffs. Uh, Austin, similar to Grant, um, more brief amount of time, you have climbed the ladder too. And just looking at where you've been, it's it's pretty cool to just think about what those experiences were like for you at the time. Um, most recently with the Panthers in the NFL, which is probably uh, a monstrous um, operation when you think about how big the NFL is and how much teams are into digital and social. But before that, NC State, doing similar things. And then at Clemson, as a student and a postgraduate student, really when they were doing some creative stuff that got them in front of everybody and made them seem um, so mainstream, so cool because their coach and all the things that he was supportive of. Let's start right there. Um, your experience with the Tigers when they were coming up like they were, uh, how formative, how useful was that for you? 
That was a good time, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was a good time. He um, was he was in the marching band during the Orange Bowl. I was. I was there at that oh. game, sitting in the stands as a member of the Clemson marching band. And I remember <laughs> watching Andre Ellington cross the goal line and thought he had a touchdown, and then uh, it was all downhill from there. Um, and it, I tell people anytime the uh, I told Alan Taylor this as well. I was like Clemson, it could have happened to anybody. It just happened to happen to Clemson. Um, the thing was, it, everything was just I mean a perfect storm, like a, almost like a big bang type situation. I mean we had kind of the perfect situation as a football team. You know historically it was a kind of a just kind of an eight and eight and four team. With Tommy Bowden, Dabo comes in, kind of turns things around. We're on the rise, uh, getting really good players. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, obviously, uh, you know, a guy named Deshaun Watson commits to the school and comes in, had really great coaches. Chad Morris at the time was offensive coordinator. So we just really had a melting pot of, of just almost near-perfect people. And that really set the stage for us as students and the full-time staff that was there at the time to to cash in on, on, on what we had. Uh, the AD, Dan Radakovich, um, just really, really funded that effort from a monetary standpoint, from a time standpoint, and let the creative people just go after it. Um, it's pretty crazy to think that I was there during a time where Nobody got Twitter awards, and then a college football team gets a Twitter award. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty wild to, to still think about that. But the biggest thing that I took from that was it's about the people that create what you do. Um, just like how you put the dishes in the dishwasher is probably different than I, how I do it. You know, we all have our own creative style and creative eye. Um, it just so happened that the, the people that were there at that time it's almost like a divine moment. We were all there with the same kind of creative style to really uh, execute and create content that, that really obviously drew drew crowds near and afar. Um, I would say that that really is the biggest lesson I learned is it's really just about the people that you have there, and not only the people, but kind of what is their style. Um, growing or even working as you are right now, Austin, so whether at the very beginning, in the middle, or even now, how much of a key to your success is just being allowed to do your thing and to try stuff that works or maybe doesn't work? Well, I think that's just life in general, where you try something and either it works and it doesn't, and you grow from it regardless of the outcome. The thing with creative people is we hate being stuck inside of a box. Sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a really good thing because it forces you to stretch your own creativity. Uh, but you do just have to be in a space where you're let, uh, where your mind is uh, allowed to wander and think differently and work differently. And some days when I'm really thinking really hard about a project, I can't sit at my desk. I will pace around the football facility eating a bag of Chex Mix, tapping on my phone, you know, not a normal way of thinking about a video or anything that, in that matter, but I think it, you just allow people to think how they think and allow them to try and make things come to fruition. Um, it really helps you out most of the time. How long are you working on one of your 90-second, two-minute videos, and, and how, how heavy are those writer's blocks? 
Well, the good thing is that football is always a story. Football, it, it really is a story from beginning to end. Um, obviously, you want the outcome to be a win, W-I-N, and uh, you want to be able to tell that story. It's all told for you. You're just there capturing it. Uh, so there's really no writer's block in that regard. But when it comes to these sort of free-form videos um, that really aren't necessarily football-centered, it can, it can get pretty heavy with the writer's block. Uh, a 90-second video, depending on how much content is in that video, could take two weeks to film, or it could take a day to film, or a few hours to film, depending on the purpose of it, really. So if it's a video about the you know, the things that we have at the push car center that are related to football recovery, you know, that might take only a day. If it's a specialty piece, pretty much telling the people of West Virginia how much we love them, it could take a month. Uh, the intro video that I did uh, for the football stadium, it was a 21-hour shoot day, and it took me a month and a half to put together, and it's only 90 seconds. Man. <laughs> Wow, that seems significant. And all of a sudden, it gets boiled down to something much smaller. Uh, Grant, you have quite a team over there, and I want to take a second to to apologize, I guess, for not involving Sean and Jordan and Sarah. But feel free to brag for a second about um, the people you have over there and just how how capably you feel like you can cover um, football, basketball, the interviews for other sports, the promotional stuff for other sports, and basically do what you have to do because of you know the talents of these individuals that you have over there. Right. And obviously, um, you know, Scott Bartlett's kind of our director of video production um, down at the waterfront, and he does a great job with his team. And, and Chris Austin and Sean Mariner and Sarah Ramont work underneath them. Um, and obviously, you see everything really Chris does in game. Um, some of his motion graphics that he has on all those ribbon boards that show up on third down and stuff like that. Um, he's, he's the best at that stuff. Um, obviously, Sean Mariner and Sarah both travel on the road, and then Sean actually runs the home game show so sean's sean's highly involved in in the whole thing as well as sarah and they're all just super talented um in their own rights um they just do a great job everything we do um sarah does a great job handling a lot of the men's basketball stuff and we actually just hired a a ga named austin michaels who is working with men's basketball this year and he'll handle a lot of the creative video along with sarah um so they're really going to spearhead that um but it just kind of goes to show you where where everything's going um, in the direction um, that it's heading in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, how important is this, not just now, but 
just the way we're moving where we get everything in our in our hands right we have a phone we have a tablet games are on you know streaming services now it seems like everything's digital now too um, and traditional prints kind of going away quickly because things like this are so popular and so powerful too um, just the I guess the the urgency to be really good at now but to also be thinking about man what's this like in 2022 what's this like in 2024 and trying to make sure you're you're kind of riding the wave well, at least the same height that everybody else is yeah, and it's all about storytelling, really, and that's that's kind of where Austin comes in, and I, I have no problem saying that I think he is one of the best storytellers um, videography has um, in college athletics. His ability to tell any story and make it interesting, whether it's the football players going up to Pittsburgh to visit uh, with potential um, job opportunities or whatever it may be, that piece used to just be, hey, we're following these guys around the day and we mic someone up. Now it actually kind of tells a story and, and kind of shows what these guys are doing on a daily basis, and I think he's awesome at that. Um, to answer your question, the atten attention span of anybody just goes down every single year. Um, so it's really what can you do in the first couple seconds of a video that will keep someone engaged. Um, <clears throat> and there's all these different metrics <clears throat> on all these different social media platforms. You know, Twitter tells you to anything under 30 seconds. Facebook used to tell you that. Now Facebook says you should do three minute videos. Um, so there's really no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of getting someone's attention at the start and trying to hold it um, through the entire video. And, and for example, that Kansas recap um, video that Austin did the other night, we were sitting on the plane together and I just always like watching the opposing um, coaches press conference and I put it on and I start listening to it on my headphones. I was like, are you kidding me? He just said that. And I handed it to Austin. And we both look at each other. And we're like, oh, that'd be great, you know, to start out the, the video with. Um, just because someone's saying something like that um, and sounding kind of uneducated while he's saying that um, just kind of gets people's interest and they, and they want to keep watching. So really the goal is to, to catch your viewer in the first couple seconds and have them, you know, be interested throughout the length of the video, no matter how long it is. Austin, storytelling is a skill. Um, I struggle with it, and I like to think I do this for a living, and it's not easy sometimes, too. Um, when you're staring at the blank cursor on your screen, it's really difficult to think about how you get to the end. It's got to be really hard for you. I mean, yeah, the game starts and finishes, and someone wins and loses. I get that, but you want to tell a story, too. To get to that finish line, um, there's not one way to do it, but how do you try to make sure that you're aware and, and recording all the, the things you want to relate in your story? That's a great question. That's hard. Um, I'm working on a project right now for Homecoming, and it's it's a really big storytelling piece. Um, and and I and I do a lot of inspiration hunting uh, to to give myself a good basis of kind of what I want the video to look like and how I want it to work, what I want the sort of feel good moments to be during the video, but. I just try to imagine how can I make somebody say to themselves, like, I want to live that life or I want to be a part of that or I want to be where that is. And, and it's weird because I'm using my own opinion of what that is and then sharing, essentially I'm sharing my opinion to the people of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and praying to the good Lord that it's received well. Uh, I see videographers all the time talking about how they spend 30 plus hours on a video 
and it gets no love and then a 10 second video somebody just happened to pass by and take on their phone gets millions of views and goes viral and so it's all just it's honestly just all just a gamble um it's it's extremely difficult as i'm sure you know you you spend a lot of time on something and think you've done a great job with the story and people aren't getting it and so it also just goes back to educating, as you know, educating yourself on the people and, and what they truly adore and love about about what they're following, which in this case is West Virginia football. Um, but I just try to really close, honestly, I just close my eyes and think like, what visuals and what audio cues are going to make people just feel something? And we bounce ideas. I mean, we talk multiple times a day, so we can bounce ideas. And if someone thinks something just isn't a good idea, then then it doesn't happen. Um, and obviously there's people like Chris Austin who's been around forever and knows all those key moments that, that get our fans juiced up or get recruits juiced up. So it's really using everybody's insight and everybody's experience um, to kind of create a final product. Austin, I asked you a good question. You asked me a good question. The first time I met you in Dallas for Big 12 Media Day, and I, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but you kind of basically said like, what do people want? And the audience is, is so diverse and they have a bunch of different distractions, but they're all going to kind of funnel back to the stuff they like or want the most. I couldn't answer. Um, have you guys figured out what the answer to that is yet? What do people want from your profession? It depends on the day. I think it's a little bit of training people um, as to what they want as well. Okay. Uh, because year to year it changes, right? Um, last year there were a number of NFL draft picks on the team. There were stars this year. Um, there's stars, but not as high caliber, I guess, because there were a ton of seniors last year, whether it was Will or, or David Sills or David Long or Yadney um, or Gary Jennings, whoever it may be. Um, and I think it's really training people as, to, and obviously we have a little bit more of a, um, I think, schedule this year with, with more people on the staff that helps out a lot. Um, it's not just me throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks because that's that's kind of what it was last year. Um, and that's kind of how we handled it. So we've never had a consistent look or we've never had a consistent feel. And I mean consistent look, we have literally our photos, they all look the same. Our videos, they all look the same. Um, and that just kind of provides a little bit more branding for the program. And that kind of helps people train like, hey, you see this look, here's what you're about to get. Interesting. Austin, you kind of agree with that, I think? It's an interesting point. If you get people an idea what to expect, then they're going to know, not only is it your thing, but they're going to look forward to what your next creation yeah, is. Dude, that's like life, man. If you know, if you take, if you, if you know, you take a left on the road X and there's always traffic between five and seven, five and seven, it's like, all right, well, I know what's going to happen if I go down this road. So, um, you know, change is always hard at first. I mean, I'm, I'm sure for this fan base, the, the change not not Neil. I, I think that was a very welcome change. But I think the change of have, of having all these playmakers here, and now that they've gone on to bigger and better things, you know, that's that's tough for any fan base to to more or less reconcile with. And Grant has a great point of just training them about what to adore now, and that kind of takes you into more of a PR perspective. And the whole trust the climb hashtag. Nobody nobody said do that. I heard coach talk about it. And I put it on three or four different tweets and Instagram posts, and then it just kind of caught. And it's, you know, I, it was going to be a thing regardless of whether or not I uh, executed it on a digital level. 
uh, with Coach and the team, but but now people people are hanging on to that um, as sort of this year's motto, this year's this year's battle cry of, of no matter what, we're going to trust the climb. Um, and and that was def that's definitely a, a great example of just preparing people and, and showing them just just really where you're at and and uh, where you want them to be. And I think it was it was pretty evident um, that that caught on after the Missouri game. We stream every coach uh, post-game press conference. We stream it live on Facebook. And I'm the one that does it, so I can sit there and I can see how many people are on it. I can see what they're saying. I can see this, that, and the other. And people really had bought in at that point. Um, you know, went out there and, and didn't perform that great on the field, but everyone kind of understood, hey, hey, trust the climb. And that was the mantra on everyone's comments. And I was like, after that, we had our Monday morning meeting, and I was like, you know, this thing's this thing's really caught on like wildfire, and people understand that it's not going to be something that that just changes overnight. It's going to be something that takes time and takes a lot of effort. I was watching it, so thanks for the stream for one, but thanks for pointing that out because it's a really good indication of where you're at with this. It was a cascade of trust the climbs up down the right column of where everybody's commenting, and it was yeah. one after the other after the other, which is a great. You can look at likes and retweets and favorites and follows and all that, but that's a pretty good indication. You and you on. know, like you know, our fan base—they live and die by the Mountaineers. There's no professional team in the state, as we all know. Um, so anytime we've we've had losses previously, it's you know this guy doesn't know the coach, this player can't run down the field, you know whatever it may be. And so just to see that, it was actually kind of shocking for me because I was expecting, you know. Everyone up in arms. The, the season's over. The you know big mistake, whatever it may be. Um, but not seeing that, I was like, oh my god, you know, we, we might be on to something here. All right, we've we've tiptoed around this a little bit. I only want to take a couple more minutes of your time here, but um, this is not a place we're going to get into the old coach. I'm not doing that. I promise. But the new coach is certainly influential in what you're doing here. Um, Grant, you can speak to this better. And again, this is not a Dana thing or a past thing, but. Things are different now and are more ambitious with what you're doing. Um, fresh starts are great for players, um, fans maybe perhaps too, but relative to what you all are doing or are allowed to do, um, how useful has Neil Brown been and the direction he's provided or the creativity he's encouraged? Well, it's really been awesome, and it was kind of from the get-go. You know, I happened to be on that flight with him when we went back down to pick up his his family and uh, Matt Moore and Vic Koning. Um and it was just myself, him, and Emily Lyons was actually on that flight. And um, he kind of asked me, hey, Grant, what do you think we need? And in my head the whole time, I, I said I knew we needed a video person and I knew we needed a graphic designer. Some teams try to get by with, with one of those, but you really need two to be successful um, just because there's so much when it comes to recruiting and graphic design. Um, you know, Jordan Harold, he does a great job. On the, on the recruiting stuff, and he's constantly fulfilling requests from coaches or anybody else that, that comes to him. Um, you know, you used to flood them with, with actual, actual letters in the mail. Now it's kind of flooding them with, with digital um, content, whether it's a commitment graphic when a guy decides he wants to commit. But um, from the get-go, Neil obviously understood the need for it. Um, and really said, kind of go out and get the best people. And at that point, you know, I, I was working the, to find whoever it was and kind of took our time actually in finding the right person. And I think we did find the right two people there. Um, had to wait a little bit for Jordan because he graduated from Miami of Ohio, um, but got the right people. And there was also some other things like we use a, a service called Influencer, I-N-F-L-C-R. 
and basically what it does is it provides athletes with student athletes with content to send out from their own social media channels. So I don't know how many athletes you follow on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it may be, but I bet you kind of can notice that they're a lot more active in sending out content this year than they have been in years past. Um, and basically each guy has an app on his phone and we can go on a web database and upload a hundred pictures from the game and tag each guy. And when they get tagged, they get a notification and they can go in the app and download the piece of content. It can be photo, it can be video, uh, whatever we upload. And so really, you know, coaches also into guys creating brands for themselves, you know, they're creating a brand for their future employer. You know, not every guy goes to the NFL, obviously. So when they're interviewing for jobs after they graduate, somebody can go back on their social media and see what a positive influence they've been um, throughout their four years at West, four or five years at West Virginia. Austin, this is maybe going to be unfair, but I can't help but notice the, the, um, the, the, I guess the the awareness you have of the question I want to ask, but uh, Neil did go to Clemson a couple times and spend time at their practices and got to know um, Dabo and kind of absorbed some things and and you were there and and witnessed some stuff. I'm not asking you to compare them as as people or coaches, but um, for people who are invested in this stuff and understand big picture, sometimes goes down to little details like this that can be really important when it comes to digital and being social and just showing people things the way that you all do. Um, do you see a little bit of who you work for now in who you used to work for? Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, I don't. I oh. think they're, yeah. And when I first got here, I thought I thought that way. And the more time I spent around Neil, um, and it might just be because it's his first year here, and, you know, he wants to get, get things going started. You know, obviously, he wants to create a, a great culture here. And that's how I see it. Neil is a lot like Dabo in the type of culture that he wants to create here, um, the type of the type of people that he he wants to work here, play here, uh, the type of atmosphere that he wants to set a precedent for in terms of family and love. Uh, that, that's how I see them as a lot alike. Um, I, you know, Dabo Dabo is he he's just got a different personality. You know, it's really hard to to answer that question without comparing them as people. They're just different people. They have a lot of the same, uh, I think, from my point of view, just beliefs, beliefs, and how they want people to act in their in their organization. Um, Dabo is a lot more uh, outgoing of a personality, I would say. I think Neil is just not as outgoing, which I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, in terms of how important they think social media is, they both think it's very important. Um, there's a guy at Clemson, his name's Thad Turnipseed. He worked for Nick Saban for quite a while. Um, that's how he uh, kind of knew Dabo. Was, he spent a, lot, a long time at Alabama. He was actually Saban's, um, I want to say, director of external affairs and then, then got on with Clemson. But, uh, you know, pretty much Dabo told Thad, hey, we're going to push this thing because it's a big deal. And this was back in 20... 12 or 13 and and when that came on board he took that very literally and and that's another reason why the Clemson social media got to where it was during that time um they started having social media meetings once a week as a football staff along with the creative staff and that was something that I'm not sure a lot of other teams were doing at that time in 2013 um 
Is that answer your question? That's a hard question for me to try and answer. No, I'd like to tell you disagreed and then explain why and really gave a good explanation of that, too. And, and Thad Turnip Seed, I mean, he's their director of recruiting, and look how good their recruiting is now. Right. Brandon, winning, winning has a lot to do with it. I get that, but they yeah. turned that barge around. I mean, it wasn't going in this direction before, and it takes a village sometimes to do something like that. And, I mean, that's obviously part of it, too. Uh, last one. We'll go here. Um, you all have great access that I wish I had. Um, but you, by and large, share it really well. There's a lot of stuff that you don't have time or space for, um, and you know a lot about the players and the teams, whatever. I'm just curious, um, who or what is something about this team on a bye week here, no game, that, I don't know, that maybe people don't know about but would want to know about? Who's funny? Who's together? Who's really good at cards or dominoes? I'm just curious about what you guys have picked up that might be fun for people to learn about, given the access that you have. Uh, from what I could tell, it seems like TJ Simmons and walk on Donovan Beaver are really good at tic-tac or tic-tac-toe, uh, for what that's worth. Um, I would say, oh man, George Campbell has been a great addition to the team. Uh, he's not a guy that gets a lot of limelight now i mean he did when he transferred here but th uh, that may not be something that's really out there he's he's honestly just a really great guy uh george george is just an all-around great guy dude gives perfect effort all the time strives hard in everything he does i mean he's already done really well with what production he has on the field this year he's he's done a really good job um i think you know yeah. some of these videos that austin produces you look at the the musical chairs obviously you have oh, the biggest man. guy on the team versus the smallest guy on the team and mm -hmm. and mike brown and tevin bush and then you know you have the cook off the grill off with uh blaine scott, blaine scott and jeffrey pooler oh, and those guys gosh. and you learn that you know blaine scott prides himself on his ability to to grill out and, and do this and do that so i think you know you really see things you never think you would ever see and that's kind of you never know what you're going to get next with some of these videos obviously now that that we're in season, it's a little bit more um, based on on performance of the team, et cetera. But in the summer, uh, anything's anything's fair game. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, Blaine Scott definitely has a TV personality. Like, I mean, the, that guy's a character, twenty four seven. Uh, Jake Abbott might be one of the most juiced up dudes in terms of his energy that I've ever seen, and he's always got energy. I don't really know how he does it. Um, yeah, it's hard. You know, I I knew you were coming with this question, and then when when he put me on the spot, I just drew a blank. That's all right. We can do a part two sometime. I guess I'm alarmed that there are actually different skill levels in tic tac toe. I kind of thought once you turned five years old, everybody was the same. So, well, uh, I mean, I've believe it or not, I've actually read how to win tic tac toe. Uh, I don't know why I just said that, but there's actually legitimate strategies, and <laughs> I guess maybe TJ and and Donovan Beaver have a uh, sort of educated themselves on how to really do really well at tic-tac-toe. Uh, I look forward to Neil Brown's analytics lecture on tic-tac-toe in the future here after a game. That'll be in the future, though. Gentlemen, uh, thank you very much. Grant, Austin, uh, two people giving you great access, great insight to the football program. Um, thank them online somehow with, I don't know, what's the best way? A like, a comment, a follow? How do they let people, how do people let you know you've done a good job? Uh... Probably on Twitter. We're both on Twitter. Yeah, that's probably the easiest. 
right. Well, be active, engage, let them know they've done a good job, and they'll keep it coming. Guys, this is great. I really appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. That's all for this time. I will see you next time for earsports.com. I am Mike Casazza.